This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machine is firing up. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Business Machine. Again, we're ramping up, and I'm sure you've probably already noticed that, uh, but we have some really exciting guests over the course of the next month, and we're going to release them all at the same time, so you can just listen as much as you want to. Hi, guys, this is Brian from Michigan Creative and The Business Machine, and today we have on The Business Machine Dave Jackson, and Dave Jackson is an award-winning podcaster who's been podcasting since 2005, in case you didn't think podcasts were around then, they were. And he's a featured keynote speaker at events, author of the book More Podcast Money, and director of podcasting for the New Media Expo. He also works at Lisbon, which is the largest podcast media hosting company in the world. And he is now best known, probably, for the founding of School of Podcasting. So this one, guys, not going to be just about business and how to run your business and what not to do. Also, a little bit about how to start your own podcast. So with that, Dave, how are you doing? Oh, Doing great. Glad to be here. Good. So tell me a little bit. I want to back up a little bit about that early days of podcasting and kind of what it looked like and why you started a podcast back in 2005 and how you even knew what podcasting was back then. What what was it like in the ancient history of podcast days in 2005? Back Back then. Yeah, back in the day. (laughs) I was into, I was building websites with Microsoft front page, which was that this date, the whole thing. Yep. And I had a friend of mine, uh, I was a musician, I had a website and a newsletter for musicians, and I had a friend of mine that would go to all these different events, and he came back and he said, I completely missed the MySpace boat, again, completely (laughs) dating myself, and he said, you know how you missed MySpace? And I go, yeah, and he goes, I got the next big thing, and I go, what is it? And he goes, podcasting, and I'm like, what's a podcasting? And I remember I Googled it, and there was maybe a page and a half on like how to make one. So I like pieces parted one together. Um, using uh, some old program, uh, I think it was called i. Originally, it was iPod or Lemon. Now it's called Juice, and um, I just remember I uploaded a, a file, and then hand coded an RSS feed. And I, I remember when I saw that thing come down and go into the software, I went, "Oh, oh, yeah. this is yeah, going to yeah. be cool." Yeah. And then I spent three years explaining to people that no, you don't need an iPod to listen to a podcast, because <laughs> it was just you know, and it was all the geeks, you know, all the this week in tech and all the geek shows, but there were a few, there was like one on uh, movies and somebody had a, uh, you know, a, a music show back then. There was a great resource back then called the Podsafe music network where all these independent artists uh, put together a thing that just said, Hey, play our music on your show. Uh, you're free to use it. Just, you know, and then the Podsafe music network just had you say really? the music. Yeah. And it was part of this uh, company called pod show. And, um, it was later renamed Amivio because anything with the word pod for a while was in uh, – you, you might get sued by Apple, uh, which they didn't. But um, yeah, so Pod Show had, I think – eventually I think they burned through $17 million, And it was a great company. It was just way before its time. Hmm. And so that was one of the things they did. There were a lot of music shows. It was really uh, – the, the good news is any musician could upload your, their music to the Podsafe Music Network. The bad news is any musician <laughs> Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, right? Yeah, it's kind of like – so I actually had a show at one point called The Best of the Worst, and I would go through and just Sweet. find horrendous music and just – 
politely poke fun at it. So it was a it was a fun time, but it was it was you know it was brutal at times because the, the other thing is no no iTunes originally. So you would basically get your little portable recorder and plug it into your computer. So there was no you know Wi-Fi syncing and things like that. And you would download your your yeah. stuff, put it on your portable player, get in the car, and either use some sort of FM transmitter to, That's right. That's to right. get it to lit it to. And so it was uh, it was fun and it was cool because there was just nothing like it at the time. There was just you know a lot of people in the original time. It was more about sticking it to the man. It was like we're not going to be radio. We're going to be blue and we're going to be over the top. And this is stuff that would never make it on radio. Uh, so that was kind of fun. There were a lot of uh, a lot of more characters involved in podcasting in the early days. So now here we are, 2018, and it seems like everyone has a podcast for just about anything. And so you can really, almost anybody, actually not almost anyone, anyone can start a podcast and get it on iTunes relatively easy if they know what they're doing. But I can tell you from our own adventure into podcasting, a couple, podcasting a couple of years ago, you know, here we are, a high-tech company. I've got a web designer in my office. I've got social media experts. I've got graphic designers, video people. We've got everybody that we need. And it took us some time to really figure out, you know, how to do it. One, we listen to a lot of podcasts, technically how to get it on the um, show, how to get it onto iTunes, how to get it on your website, which hosting company to use. And really then after that is, all right, then what? So you, how do you get guests and how do you monetize? And then how do you do the show notes? And so it is quite a bit. So how did you come to, you know what? I know how to do podcasting. That's one thing. It's the whole e-myth. I'm really good at podcasting. So now I should probably teach people how to do podcasting. How, how did that come about? What it came about is I had, um, my background is in education, but my original degree was in electronic engineering. I was a, a copier repairman. I fell into training, did training for 10 years, won awards doing that. And the bad news is in training, when sales doesn't hit their quota, instead of firing the bad salespeople, they downsize <laughs> the training department. Right. Get rid of the trainers. Yeah. And so I, it was hilarious. I won employee of the year and six months later got let go. And I'm like, wasn't I like, wasn't I like, like, you know, MVP? This is not and how so, it works. Right. Yeah. And so I went to get a job and they're all like, oh yeah, you, you know, you've got a great resume, but, um, where's your bachelor's degree in education? I'm like, oh, I don't have one of those. I yeah. have an associate's degree, but look, I've made my own manuals. I've done, you know, computer-based training and they're like, yeah, we can't even talk yeah, to you without the no. piece of paper. Right. So I, so I needed something to, uh, pay the bills while I went back to school. And so I always tell people, do not start a podcast to make money. And yet I started a podcast to make money, to make money. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, everybody was saying membership sites are going to be the next big thing. And I had just seen that podcasting was going to be the next big thing. And I just thought, well, let's take my teaching background and make a membership site about podcasting and see what happens. So it kept me in, in, uh, you know, gas and phone and insurance and, uh, paid for some. I had to go back to school to get my uh, teaching degree, which was hilarious because uh, I just found fun little names like the Addy approach in education. I just call common sense, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I know, right? I <laughs> so know. I paid all the, paid all this money to get this piece of paper <laughs> that you had to. Yeah, I already knew how to do. Yeah, so that's that's really how it came about, and I, you know, that led to consulting. Cause some, and it led to me for a while. I used to do audio editing because people would, would start and they would make yep. their podcast and go, you know, I like the talking part. This editing thing's for the birds. And yeah. so they're like, do you know of anybody who would do this? And I'm like, yeah, me. So uh, it was just one of those where I started something and then 
just fed off of my customers as to what other services I could add. So somebody listening out there, should I start a podcast? Why should I start a podcast? And and can you be successful? Because there's so many out there. Um, and to get to that top space, which is you know needed but then after that you know you have to promote it you have to get everything up there you know what do you tell somebody that wants to start a podcast obviously you want to help them no matter what but should we start a podcast should i start a podcast what, what's your answer to that well first i always ask why why do you want to start a podcast because right. if it's just like well because everybody else is doing it and it's cool and i'm like well because yeah. there are different reasons some people just do it for for fun and by all means uh, you don't have to make money with your podcast, and you don't have to do a podcast where you interview people. Uh, there are some really great solo podcasts. Yeah, I always are. find it kind of I've, – I've seen podcasts that – I would say it's kind of interesting where somebody wants to position themselves as an expert, and they do that by talking to other experts. And I'm like, actually, you're not putting any of the spotlight on you at all. No, I know. Uh, but, yeah, you can definitely start a podcast. Uh, just It's a matter of figuring out who your audience is. It's like designing a product. Who's your audience? Uh, kind of what problem are you going to solve for them? And then, uh, you know, record it, figure it out and, and do it and just realize you're in the entertainment industry when you're in a podcast. So in the same way that I can pick up a guitar and be really, really good at it, that doesn't mean I'm going to win a Grammy and, you know, make thousands of dollars in country music or whatever you want to do. You still have to work it. And so it's if you've ever written a book. People think writing the book is the hard part. That's the easy part. Getting people to read it right. is the tough part. So just realize it's not going to happen. And I've just started to notice a trend that uh, I was talking with Natalie Ekdahl. She's now doing – she's just crushing it in uh, with mastermind groups. And uh, Darren Dake does the Corner Podcast, and he's now selling courses, and he's been doing training across the country. And all these people are really starting to pick it up and really starting to like, wow, three years in. And nobody wants to hear that. They're like, what three? And then they go, wait, wait, what about John Lee Dumas? He had sponsors after six months. Yeah. Uh huh. Six months of doing a daily show. Now you're doing a weekly show. So if John did a weekly show, six months of a daily show is, you guessed it, 3.28 years. So it's one of those things where if you're trying to get money quickly, podcasting is not, not the way to go because what podcasting is, it's a great marketing arm to your business because when you, uh, show up on a regular basis. They they trust you. Wow, Dave's there every Monday. When you bring value, they're like, ooh, that was really helpful and it's helping my business or it's helping me with whatever I'm doing. And then if you can share a little bit about yourself in it without saying, hey, I had you know French toast this morning, but share something about yourself. Now they like you. So they know you, they like you, they trust you. And so now when you say I have a product, cha-ching, but that's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. I, talking to John, you know, he had 50, 60, 90. I can't remember what his number was that he had in the tank done before he released them. And it took him a couple weeks to even be comfortable in releasing them. He wasn't. He didn't think that they were good enough. He didn't think he was ready, but he released all of them at the same time. But again, you're right. He was doing a podcast, and I believe he still is, uh, yeah. a podcast a day. And it's a very ritual format that he has, but it works. Yeah, he's he's one of the most disciplined guys I know. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed him right when he first came out of the gate, and I think he'd just gotten his first sponsor. And at the time, that was unique. You know, people doing a daily show, and sure. it's not re- it's not really the the schedule that that got that. It's the fact that if you uh, if you look into what his actual podcast is, he walks people through what's called the hero's journey. And if you look at Star Wars, it's the hero's journey. How did you get stuck? How did you overcome your your fear or whatever? What was your aha moment? Uh, what's working for you now? And I'm like, wow, that's just Star Wars. And I don't know that he did that on purpose, mm-hmm. but 
and it sure works really, really well. So tell us a little, is it hard to start a podcast? So I think some of the people out there are going, well, listen, I, I don't have a marketing company behind me. I'm not very tech savvy, but I think I have a good story and I think I can get good people on, or I think I have some knowledge that somebody may want uh, somewhere down the line, but this tech thing is scary. Do I have yeah. to go out and buy a bunch of equipment and do I have to be a super geek to be podcast expert? Not at all. You can start right now. I'm talking into a microphone that costs maybe 80 bucks. It's right. the ATR 2100. It's a USB microphone also plugs into a mixer. And if you've ever uploaded a photo to Facebook or attached a word document to uh, an email, well, then you can upload a file to Libsyn. Uh, if you've ever been in the car and your jam was on and you're going on and the phone rings and then you, you turn down the volume on the radio so you can hear the phone, guess what? You know how to mix audio, <laughs> you know? So, um, some of the audio audio guys are out there going, that's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've ever uh, worked in Microsoft Word, then you can work in WordPress is not a whole lot different. And and I'm not here to say there's no learning curve. There's a learning curve, but it's not as bad as you think it is. One of my favorite clients uh, was uh, her name was Marcy. She's she's your typical kind of housewife. Um, mid fifties. And she called me up and said, I, I am not a technology person. There's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I said, we're going to, you know, I can walk you through this. It's not a big deal. And I'm just remember her crying the one day she said, I'm in iTunes, I'm in iTunes. And I'm like, uh-huh. And she goes, but you, you know, I told you I couldn't do it. And, and I, I did it. And I'm like, yeah. And she said, now what? And I go make more episodes. You're that's it. The hard part's over. And I just got to keep going. So yeah, it's one of those things. Kevin Hart has a great, quote, I was reading his book. If you ever get a chance to read it, it's hilarious. And it's his attitude is amazing. But he's a comedian. And he says, you know, you can't practice comedy in the basement. Yeah. You don't know if you're any good until you get in front of a stage. And that means sometimes you're going to get up there and stink up the place. And so I always tell people you can't improve what you don't start. And I, I see people that kind of try to follow um, that that format of I'm going to get 30 in the can. And I'm like, no, because what happens if you 30 know, or bad? Yeah, 30 are bad. You know, you, you release those and somebody goes, hey, that lightning round thing in the middle, God, that's driving me crazy. And you're like, oh, I got 23 more episodes with a lightning round. <laughs> no, throw it out there and, and uh, realize you're, if, if you look back at your first episode and it doesn't make you cringe, you waited too long. Yeah. You know, it's just that's just the way it is. Hi, everybody. Brian here real quick. This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine podcast, it's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full-service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile-friendly websites digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. So talk to me about what's next for you. And I always like to look out, you know, five years, 10 years, and we don't really know where podcasts are going to be or, but I'm interested to talk to you about where, what do you think we'll be doing at, at that time? But I want to talk about your business and what are you doing and what are you thinking about doing besides just training people? And are those thoughts, you know, that you're planning for your business and what are some things that you need to add or keep doing on a daily basis to make sure that the school of podcasting is, is moving on and being able to look down that next path? Yeah, I've just always, it's a matter of listening to your, your 
your customers. So I thought, well, I'll start this membership site thing, and this will be good. And it is. It's it's cruising right along. And then I have some people that want me to hold their hand. So, yeah. you know, I did that. And I just uh, – I tried a thing a couple years ago, and it worked great. It was uh, group coaching, basically. It was a class I did called Podcasting in Six Weeks, where every Saturday we would meet for a couple hours, and we would just go through a little bit. I'd give you some homework. Next week we'd get together. And I tried it this year, and it worked, but it didn't work as good as it did last year. And I kept hearing, ooh, I can't do it every Saturday because there's soccer practice sure. and all this other stuff. And so what I'm doing is I'm taking that feedback, and I'm going to come up with a product to where you can st- I can still hold your hand, but it's going to be maybe more one-on-one as opposed to group coaching. So I'm always just listening to what my clients are wanting and what they you know what they want to do, where they want to go, and uh, go that route. The other thing I'm I'm looking into, I use uh, the back end for the membership site of the School of Podcasting, I use a tool called Thinkific. And one of the things that's really cool about it is you can have other people's stuff in your website nice. and it and it will track. So I have a couple people that I really like their content and I'm gonna see how we can do this to where I can you know sell their stuff in the store, then maybe I'll take a small piece of that. So that might be something that I change where before it's always been me and I've always thought that any tutorial needed to come from me because it's the school of podcasting and I'm Mr. School of Podcasting. But to me, I think as long as it delivers value, I don't know that my students really care where it comes from. Yeah. So, Dave, I'd like to get your take on this. And, you know, podcasting has been around for a while. The way that we consume media, you know, has changed because it's more mobile now and we're on our phones a lot more. And obviously that's where we're getting most of our information from. You know, satellite radio, we're listening to books on tape in the car and things like that. How are we going to consume, I guess two questions, is how are we going to consume media down the road? What, what's going to change and how is that going to affect? And will there always be the need for stories and content? And how is that content going to look? Because as a marketing company, we're always trying to evolve. Like this week, it's video is big. And next week, Facebook's changing this. And, you know, so we have to evolve and at least stay on top of the technology. But we find that content and people needing content is always going to be the same. But how it's delivered is what has changed. So how is the delivery of our content, you think, going to evolve? And what is the next podcasting if there is such a thing? That's a great point because it really – you're right. If you think about it, I'm sure when radio came, people thought, oh, no, books are going to go away. And then when right. TV came, oh, radio is going to go away. And the VCR was supposed to kill TV. And you know, it never has. Uh, I think to me podcasting is, is here to stay mainly because – I mean I love video – but I can't drive and watch your video, but sure. I can listen to your, you know, and in the same way, some people are always going to want to read. Some people are always going to want to listen and some people are going to want to watch. And I'm already seeing where uh, we've gone from having it, uh, you know, you had to have a portable uh, playback device, whatever it was, some sort of little audio player. Maybe, now a, maybe a Zune. Yeah, Zoom. They were. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember those? Oh yeah. Uh, okay, good. Were, uh, I remember when they came out. It was uh, had this weird wooden paneling <laughs> yeah. cover. I was like, who who thought? Hey, let's make it look like an old station wagon was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm starting to see where uh, smartwatches are going to have the ability now where you can like download your pod your podcast or yep. your audio to your watch. So maybe a case where I don't need the phone anymore. So. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes, but I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think everybody likes to listen, and no matter what they're doing. I have people that say, you know, I'm washing dishes, I'm at the store, you know, things like that. So I don't know if it's ever going to get replaced. In the same way, I don't think radio is going to get replaced. I think radio has its spots for uh, live events, especially, and things like that. So I don't think we'll ever get rid of radio either. Yeah. 
what do you think is the number one thing or the number the number one question that comes up or what's the number one answer? Give us one tip that you say, you know, that that person comes to you and says, I really want to start a podcast. What is the first thing that you say? Well, like I said, the first thing I always ask is why. And then the other thing, typically, what's your budget? Because yeah. some people are like, well, and this doesn't mean you have to spend $1,000. But if I say, okay, are you willing to spend $15 on media hosting? True. And they're like, ooh, 15 That's a lot. And then I just say, I always give the example. I used to, I had a huge Mountain Dew uh, addiction almost. And I would drink two 20 ounces of, uh, so 40 ounces of Mountain Dew a day. One in the morning and then one with my lunch. Uh, those were $1.50 uh, each. So every day I was spending $3. That's 20 business days in the month. So I was spending $60 a month on Mountain Dew. And you can get media hosting for 15. You can get web hosting for 10. Wow. And, um, you know, by the time you get done, it's 30 bucks maybe a month. <laughs> and people are going, oh, and I'm like, wait, let me remind you're going to reach the world. My very first voicemail came from a guy in Nuremberg, Germany. That's really that's so when cool when it hit me over the head and I went, Oh, I got a problem. I'm, I'm totally sucked in at this point. So, uh, don't try to do it for free. Stay away from SoundCloud. I know it's fun and it's pretty and it's orange, but that really is a music company that's dabbling poorly in podcasting. Same thing. Squarespace, great place to make a pretty website. Don't use them for, for podcasting. They're just not, uh, they're not up on the, the latest stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we talk to business owners all the time and, and the reason why I started this podcast was, you know, there was a lot of podcasts on what to do right and here's how and things that you should do. And there's a lot of business books about that, which which makes me anxious. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're never going to do this right. So I thought, man, you know, we made a lot of mistakes uh, along the road um, at our company and I've learned a lot from those mistakes. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to ask people what some mistakes that they made. And then one day I'm going to write a book that's going to be called What Not to Do. And it'll be a bestseller, of course. Everybody wants to read that. So tell us a little bit about some mistakes that you made in starting your company or companies. And what did you learn from those? Probably one of the first things I tried to get off the ground, I had, uh, because again, I was in between jobs because the sales guys couldn't sell. And I'd made a uh, self-paced tutorial on a CD. And you would pop it in. It was like, welcome to Dave Jackson. And <laughs> it would kind of give you what it was. And at the end, you had a quiz. And it would said, what is your next steps to do? A, call and schedule an interview with Dave Jackson, B, call and schedule an interview with Dave Jackson, Perfect. or C. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And everybody's like, wow, that is really magic. You should. And so I, I built a website. It was called a digital resume, had the domain, blah, 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 did all this work. Never thought, hey, did, is, is anybody else doing anything similar? <laughs> and so I, I get the website done, everything. And then I'm like, well, let's see. If, and, oh, yeah, they yep. are. And oh, wow, it's better. And oh, hey, wow. look, it's, it's a whole lot cheaper than mine. Correct. And so, so that was uh, the first lesson of, okay, always see what else is out there. Maybe that would be a, a good idea. And in regards to, to podcasting, I wanted to do what radio guys did. So I bought a, a microphone that was kind of expensive that was used in, in radio uh, or a guy that was from radio. And it's a, a microphone called a condenser microphone. Yep. And they're not bad microphones. You just have to use them correctly. And I was, <laughs> I was podcasting in the basement next to the water heater and the furnace. And so these things pick up all sorts of yeah, noise. They're, they're great in a nice, quiet, soundproof booth and a radio. I was not in a soundproof booth by any <laughs> means. And so it's, I still have that microphone, but it's, I'm not really using it. So uh, same thing. A lot of people use, uh, I swear there are 8 million articles that say the Blue Yeti is the best microphone ever. Oh, yeah. And it's. It's a great microphone if you know how to use it, but there's a switch on there that will literally have it picking up from every single direction and 
people do that. They'll be like a foot and a half away from the microphone. And it just sounds like they're podcasting from the bathroom. Yeah, I know. And that's the yeah, people want it the best and brightest, but they don't even know how to turn it on. We find yeah. a lot of times too. So Dave, what about you? What do you have to work on personally? Where do you find yourself? Cause I, as a client, I can already tell, but as a classic entrepreneur and somebody that wants to run and do as many things as they can, sometimes we lose our focus. What do you have to keep yourself checking and how do you keep yourself on the right path down the line of making sure that all your bases are covered and your business are, are running like a machine. Yeah. You just said the, my, my, my weak spot is oh, focused. It's mine too. And so what I did at the beginning of the year is I use a, a program called Todoist. I love it really? because you, you can actually be in Gmail and install whatever those things in Gmail are called. It's, it's not a plugin, but it's that thing. And I can be there and say, ooh, add this to Todoist, add a date, add a uh, – I can have different categories and things like that. There is a free version. I think it's like 12 bucks a year for the, the, the pro version. So I went back to my Todoist and saw all these things that I was going to do and, and stuff. And I was like, all right, well, that's that. And, and it's just the discipline of every day waking up and going, okay, what, what am I going to get done today? Yeah. Like yesterday, yesterday I had somebody say, hey, Dave, um, at the School of Podcasting, what classes should I take first? And I'm like – well, surely I have like a, you know, step one, step two. And I, I kind of had it in there, but I'm like, not super easy. So that was the thing of the day. Make a PDF of saying, here's what I think is the the journal path you should follow to get through the school of podcasting. Perfect. So, yeah, so that's that's my big one focus. Because like right now I want to I, I want to do a rewrite on more podcast money because it doesn't even mention Patreon. You know, I um, my website right now really needs an overhaul. And I'm the kind of guy that's an idiot that doesn't. Uh, it's not that I hate um uh, delegating, but I just do it really, really poorly. So yeah. I, I need, I'm, I'm like, Oh, I should work on the website. Oh, I should work on the book. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. So that's where I just said, okay, we need to figure out like every week on Sunday night, I'm going to say by the end of, you know, Saturday, this is what I want to get done this week. And then every day I break it down and say, this is what I'm going to do today. Very cool. You know, in this digital world and as accessible as we all are, especially if you have clients and you have groups that you got to meet with and people that need you and they really need you. And when they do, they need you right away. Uh, how are you able to make sure? And I used to call this work life balance, but I've, you know, talking to people over and over again that I really don't like that because that old days of, all right, I'm going to punch out at five and then that's all I'm going to think about work. Most of our guests and our listeners don't, don't do that. Um, they're working all the time and they enjoy what they do, but how do you make sure that you have time that you're not thinking about work or you're not on your phone and things like that? What are some things that you have to put in place to make sure that you have that time for yourself and time for your family? Well, when I was married, I'm not anymore. And that has nothing to do with my work-life balance, more than the fact that we just did not get along. But we had a system in place that kind of worked. And that's where I just sat down and said, okay, how much, let's figure out in, in her case, like how much is too much work? And she said, look, I don't really, I know you think I want all your time. She goes, so we came up with a schedule where, uh, how much time did I need? How much time did she need? And so it was, um, Mondays and Thursdays, we called it the Dave cave. Uh, and then, uh, most of Saturday and a little bit of Sunday, I could actually work on my stuff. And then when I was with my family, one of the things we did, like if we went out to eat, everybody left their phones in the car. Perfect. And that was, that's something that you get a little pushback, especially from the teens, but it was like, no. When, and so because she looked at me the one time she said, you know, you're here with me and this is our night. She goes, but you're not with me. You're not here. You're not here. And so that just was something that I had to actually step out of myself and go, you know what? You're right. And so what I did, I love Evernote. 
And so what I would do is during the week, if something came up, I would say, okay, here's what I'm going to work on on Monday. And here's what I'm going to work on on Thursday. And that way I didn't have to worry about forgetting it or what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. And so that way on, on Tuesdays and, and Wednesdays, I was where I needed to be. And then the other thing I did is, is on those days that it was, you know, a designated work day, no Facebook, no YouTube, uh, check your email and then get out of it. And then it was like, okay, it, it comes back to focus again. What's the first thing I really need to get done here? And then just barrel through. Yeah. There's so many distractions now too. The things that you need to be doing are not necessary. I get buried in email and I just need to, I'm working on a system right now where I only check email certain times of the day. Cause literally, yeah. and it's not just me, it's my entire staff. We could sit and check email all day long. Yeah. For me, uh, if I have to do anything on YouTube, so let's say I want to go look for a review of a piece of equipment. I literally kind of tell to myself, okay, I'm going to YouTube. I'm looking for a review on the AR8 mixer. And I go there and the minute I find myself clicking on something, cause all of a sudden I'm turning around, I'm like, why am I watching Ted Nugent videos from 78? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know, so with YouTube and that's just a matter of knowing your weaknesses. And yeah. so I know YouTube is for me, it can turn into a huge time suck. So yeah. I, I acknowledge that. And I go in with, with one, it's almost like a shopping list. I go in, I get my review and then I get out. Shut it off. Yeah. So Dave, we're always looking for, and you've talked a little bit about this, the why, and you know, I really want to get from you, what is your why? And not just for the podcast. And you know, one of the questions that I ask when we do um, a lot of documentaries and interview questions that I really like, and, and it is, you know, we're, we're all busy running our businesses and we're all doing what we should be doing during the day and, and doing the very best that we can. But every once in a while, something happens that you look at and you go, ah, Yes, this is why it is, and this is what I see, and this is why I do what I do. What happens to you throughout the day that makes you go, you know what, I'm doing the right thing, and things are going pretty good? Is there things that happen? Because they don't happen all the time, but what is that for you? What's your why? It's kind of weird because my my background is in education, so I get to help people. Um, I am a little bit of a geek, so the fact that podcasting is kind of geeky uh, you know, helps me do that, and... Uh, it's creative. My my other background is I'm a musician. So to me, it's creative, it's techie, and it's geeky. But probably the one that blows me away is I have a segment on my show called Because of My Podcast. And it's simply, you know, because of my podcast, like blank. That. Yeah. And and so because in, you know, to pull the curtain back, I kind of got tired of saying, you need to start a podcast. So when Paul Culligan says, hey, I got to hang out with Alice Cooper uh, because of my podcast. Sure. Uh, and Emily Prokop says, I got a book deal because of my podcast. It's just me going, hey, look what they did uh, kind of thing. Um, but probably the one that really knocked me out of my chair is I had a, a guy uh, contact me and he said, hey, just so you know, um, my best friend had died. I thought I had cancer and I lost my job. And I decided on October 31st, Halloween is my favorite day of the year. I was going to take my life oh. because I'd had enough. And he goes, I found your podcast. And you said that sometimes having a podcast can give you a purpose. And he said, so I was a trainer at my job. I started a podcast to promote kind of my training and, and helping clients. And he goes, and he goes, I'll be honest. He goes, obviously when you start thinking about ending your own life, you, you got things you got to work on. He goes, I got a long way to go. He goes, but I no longer want to end my life. And it's, it's hard to make Dave Jackson speechless, but I just sat there and cried when I read that. Cause I'm like, look, it's, it's just me and a microphone in a room. Yeah. And it's like, wow, these things are powerful. If you, if you, don't watch out. Yeah, and I, so that, I think they can be though, and and that to me, if if nothing else goes right, I think you at least have that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, but they can I, be powerful because you don't know. And I think what I like about podcasts is you don't know. And I like the ability to do them, and I like the ability for who knows, like you said, to pick this up. 
I mean, what difference could you make or who could hear this? Yeah. And you don't know who's listening. I do a, uh, I do a little Northeast Ohio podcasters meetup and I'm going to say we have maybe 10 people that show up at these things, (laughs) but one of them worked at the local TV station. So when they needed a podcast guru, he's like, Hey, I got a guy for you. And next thing I know, I'm on the, I'm on TV. So you, you never know who's listening. Well, it's funny because when we started this podcast, originally we did it for Michigan Creative Selfish reasons. One, I like to be on the radio. I was on the radio um, in, in college, and then I taught high school and, and taught radio and TV. So, you know, I just really wanted to do it. I was passionate about it. But, you know, we started it. We're like, hey, let's start a podcast. We'll bring business owners in here that we want to get as a, as a client. Yep. And and then we'll be like, oh, by the way, you're on this podcast. We also have this company over here. But then it morphed and we got hooked up with somebody who placed people on podcast shows. And we all of a sudden got people from Australia and Florida and we're getting all these guests. And, you know, with all the different resources that are out there and how we found you was through podcast guests. And you can find guests um, and you can find people to be on your show, believe it or not, for just about anything that you can possibly think of. <laughs> Yeah, I have a, a client of mine. He does the school of banking, and I, uh, I was on Skype with him, and I'm like, "So, how are your download numbers?" And he's like, well, "I don't know." And I'm like, "No, no." And I'm like, "Well, what kind of feedback are you getting?" He goes, oh, "I don't know." I'm like, "Well," <laughs> I go, "Alan, what's going on, man?" He goes, "Oh, I don't care." He goes, "I just know I get to talk to people who have no business talking to me." <laughs> right. He goes, "He goes, I, if I if I saw them and said, hey, can we spend 15 minutes go get coffee?'" They'd be like, "No." Nah. He goes, "But if I say, hey, you want to come on my podcast for a little bit?" He goes, "I get to talk to them." So. That's why he's doing the podcast. Yeah, and I like it as a business tool too. And you said that earlier because if you do have a business and you're like, "Hey, we want to be posi- we want to position ourselves as experts," a great way to do it is to have a podcast where you talk about things that your business does and bring in experts, and your clients can download it and be on the show. Yeah. Um, so we have clients that do that as well, and it's been a good marketing tool when we bring it up to clients to say, "Hey, you should start a podcast." And they don't even think they can. And they think that iTunes is this magical place where no one can be on. But, I mean, anybody can be on iTunes. Yeah, 400,000 people, yeah, yeah. 400, people have found their way in iTunes. So <laughs> yeah. Join the club. Hey, everybody. This week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com. That's freshwaterapparel.com. And check out their spring collection of T-shirts and Soon, beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company, and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan, and the shirts are 100% made in America, so you can't beat that. So if you love Freshwater like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. Like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. So I mentioned before that I was a teacher, a high school teacher, so I have an education background too, and I was one of those guys that passed out cheesy quotes. So give us one of your quotes. What's a quote that you like? It's You can boil this down many ways, but when I was uh, in high school, uh, I was – incredibly shy, which most people go, nah, but I was. And I actually got fired from my very first real job as a grocery bagger. The reason being I was too shy and I wouldn't talk to customers. So my high school teacher uh, pulled me aside and my best friend was just the direct opposite. He was, it was monkey hour with him 24 seven. And, and he said, you need to be more like your friend. And I was like, dude, that's, that's not going to happen. And he goes, look, he goes, if you act the way you want to be someday, you will be the way you act. Huh? 
and which is basically, if you boil it down, fake it till you make it. Sure, right. Yeah, a little but, more eloquent, but yeah. Yeah, I like it a little more eloquent. So yeah, <laughs> if, if you act the way you want to be, someday you will be the way you act. So I just pretended like I was outgoing. And, you know, eventually I was, if I did that, then I could make people laugh. And I was like, well, I like to make people laugh. And it just eventually came out of my shell. So, yeah, that's, that's probably one that uh, on occasion, if I get into some area that I'm like, ooh, I don't know if this is, you know, this could end badly. I'm like, nah, just pretend like you're having fun. Yeah, I like that. My dad always used to say, hey, just act like a professional. No one will know the difference. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. What about a book that I'm going to give us a book that I'm going to read? Business books. I love. I have a love-hate relationship with business books because sometimes I read them, I get anxious and go, oh my gosh, I'm never going to do that. Um, or I don't even get past page 20. So Dave, what's a book or a I, business I, book that I should read? This is something I read every January. It's uh, by a guy named Michael Hyatt. It's called Platform, Get Noticed in a Noisy World. Yeah. And to me, if this was like a football team, it's kind of like going back to, okay, let's talk about the basics of tackling and catching and running. It's kind of a back to the basics thing. Um, and then what I started adding, I do that one, and then um, I really am a big fan of Will It Fly by Pat Flynn. Oh, okay, that, yep. if, if you're thinking of starting a business, he just kind of walks you through some exercises that – to me, I just, again, kind of want to go through and go, okay, have I really tested it? Is this a good idea? It's one of those where you're creative, so you want to just like, let's do this and let's do that. I'm like, maybe we should slow down and go, is this really a good idea? So that's a great book for that. Yeah, I like Flynn's podcast too. He's done a nice job with that. And Yeah. All right. What about how could you or who would you meet or have dis- dinner with any business owner, alive or dead? If you could have dinner with somebody, who would it be? Uh, see, if it was anybody, then I'd be like, all right, Jimi Hendrix. But, sure, uh, that'd be sweet. His birthday uh, was just a couple of days ago, I think. Yeah. Well, I was the only kid in, in first grade that knew who he was <laughs> right. when he died. Um, but I would probably go – I was thinking about some of the great entrepreneurs and business people, and especially business minds. And I think I'm going to go with Henry Ford because uh, I, I watched uh, – there was a, a thing on one of the channels, History or something like that. It was like the Makers of America, and it had uh, – Carnegie and Rockefeller and Ford and, and Henry Ford was just an amazing dude. So I think I would love to uh, pick his brain for a little bit. Yeah, I was talking to you off air earlier today and I got to see one of his original uh, plants that was still in operation. Obviously, it's been upgraded since, but not everything because there was an original Henry Ford design stamping uh, machine. They're huge, as big as the building, it seemed like. And they were still using it today. Because it still wow. worked. It still worked. I mean, it was like, hey, this works great. Why, why stop now? I'd love to see see what he thinks about modern <laughs> manufacturing today. If it's kind of what he thought of or or not. All right. I'd like to see his face when they, you know, whiz a drone by him. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he probably thought of drones a long yeah. time ago. Well, and he's another guy with a lot of great quotes. You know, if if yeah. you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I'm like, brilliant. Yeah, so. I love his his horses qualities. Like, I don't need. I think it was something like faster horses. You know, if somebody said, what do you need? I need a faster horse or so I can't remember what it was, but nice. So before we get to the end here, what I'm looking to do a podcast, what's the best way for me to start learning from you? Uh, school of podcasting.com. You can sign up for, you know, uh, you can go month to month if you want to buy a year. If you, if you just have a couple questions, you can hire me for consulting, but everything's out at school of podcasting.com. And we will put that in the show notes too. So last question, Dave, before we get to the end, is there anything else? that you'd like to mention to our guests before we leave and ask our last question? Uh, just, I, I know you're probably thinking podcasting isn't for me because nobody would listen to me or, you know, I'm not a geek or things like that. Trust me, people will listen to you. You have something to say. And um, there's a guy that does a podcast on chameleon breeding. Well, there you go. And, 
and his audience loves him so much that they buy <laughs> that they buy his cages, even though they're more expensive than the ones from China. Because he's the expert. Because he's the expert, and because it's the I always hate this phrase because it's the law of reciprocity. So because he's given them so much content, they now want to buy his product. Yeah. Well, if a banker can have a podcast, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so last question, Dave, what do you hope? We're always looking to leave things behind. And what do you hope or what do you think that your legacy will be years from now? I'm, I'm hoping that I just helped further podcasting. I'll be looked upon as like a, a pioneer that, that had fun while he was doing it and uh, believed in value and integrity. Cool. Well, Dave, I really appreciate you being on our show today, and I look forward to checking out your school podcast. And all you guys out there that are listening right now, it is not that hard, and he can walk you through this. Uh, he's been doing it for a long time. So, Dave, we really appreciate your expertise, and we'll definitely check out your website, and I hope our guests do too. Thanks, Brian. Cool. That was Dave Jackson, and he is the in charge of the School of Podcasting, and you can find all that in the show notes. And if you do want to start a podcast, definitely check him out. Um, we all would like everybody to do that. If you have a need or a desire or an expertise in a field, you can start a podcast. So we definitely can look up School of Podcasting and Dave can help you do that. So again, thank you so much for being on here. I'm excited that we're back. I'm hoping you're getting a lot from this. If you want to be on the show or you have a great guest for us, let us know. You know how to find us at businessmachine.show. And remember, a great leader makes everyone around him or her better than they are. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next one.